Welcome to Living Orthodoxy, an invitation to a deeper life in Christ. Living Orthodoxy is the parish podcast of St. Philip Orthodox Church in Souderton, Pennsylvania. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is a very beautiful time of year, preparing for Great Lent. When we hear the the parable of the prodigal son, we should see ourselves in that parable. We should see ourselves as prodigals who have wandered wandered away, who have gone astray. We should also see ourselves as the older brother. We are trying to do God's will. We are working hard, and so often we, we miss the message We get caught in the trap. The trappings of orthodoxy become a trap for us. And we fail to see love. I don't think it's uh, unintentional that these Lenten preparation Sundays all contrast right and wrong, loving and unloving, repentant and unrepentant. Last week we had the publican and the Pharisee. And we had the the good reminder from Father James that we need to take our faith seriously. And yet we cannot have self-righteousness. If our righteousness is in our minds or in our habits, it's worthless. I hate to say it, but it's worthless. If it doesn't come overflowing from God's love for us, God's love overflowing from our hearts, if it's a cold and stale, mechanical, legalistic righteousness. Lord, have mercy. These contrasts are very important. And we see these contrasts in our own lives. One moment I am the prodigal and the next moment I am the unforgiving older brother. One moment my mind has wandered, my mouth has run off, and then the next moment I'm judging the same exact 
thing that I just did. There needs to be a paradigm shift in our life. There needs to be a change. And the prodigal son shows us what that change looks like in three steps. First, he came to himself. He took a real assessment of what was going on around him, where he really was, and it was ugly. That first glimpse of reality should be disturbing. That first glimpse of reality should shake us and drive us to our knees. And that's where the devil would like to keep us. He would like to keep us down. He would like to turn regret into depression. But that is the first step, and we need to be careful. We need to have the caveat of the dangers of that first step. The second step is, first one was returned to oneself, reality. The second one is a dawning of hope. The dawning of hope. Remembering what once was had. Remembering what can be again. That's the critical moment. Can this regret change its mind? Can this ugly reality have a path forward? First, there's that mental repentance. And there's, then there's the emotional repentance that it could be a different way. I hope, I pray for a better. The mental, the emotional, and finally the, the action of repentance. If the prodigal had woken up and come to himself and seen that he did not belong with the pigs and remembered fondly his father's abundant love, what good would that do unless he put that hope into practice? Unless he put repentance into his footsteps. These three steps of repentance are so difficult, though. Because, thank God, we are not like the prodigal. We have been. We are in small ways. But things are not as dramatic you know, our lives are not like Hollywood movies. All of a sudden you, you, you realize. But they are like that too. We get so comfortable in our 
the daily muck of our existence. We start to think that another way is impossible. And it is impossible without God's help. It is impossible. from a man's perspective. Metropolitan Hierotheos Flacos, a, a bishop of the Church of Greece, who is well known in the English language. A lot of his works have been translated. A, a keen intellect and a fervent heart who talks about the church as a spiritual hospital. Talks about sickness or sin as sickness. And has opened the church fathers to us in a very vivid way in his writings and his teaching. In his manual on catechism, he says that there's only two types of Christians in the church. There's only two types of people There's the people that are being saved and the people that are not being saved. The people that are being saved are the ones that realize they are the prodigals. They're the ones that see God's glory and initially realize that they fall short of that glory but then hunger for it and then put it into action. Those are the ones that are being saved. The ones in the church that are not being saved are the ones that are self-satisfied and self-righteous that judge other people. I'm talking to myself, that's why I'm yelling, forgive me that judge other people. They're the ones that think they know better. The ones that think they don't need to come to confession because I don't really sin that much. The ones that sleep through their prayers, that don't apologize when they've hurt somebody's feelings. The ones that think that they are the paradigm of perfection and are comfortable. Let that not be us, brothers and sisters. Let not that, let not that be us. But how do we make a change? How do we go from awkwardly comfortable knowing we need to do more but not knowing how to do it. I want to suggest one, one simple beginning. This is part of the path of return to the Father. St. John Cashin was a, a, wonderful, a wonderful saint. Today is his feast day or tomorrow, really on the leap day, but he gets commemorated today. 
St. John Cassian spent a lot of time in the, in the East in monasteries and eventually made his way to France. And he introduced the, the monastic rhythm of life to Western Europe that St. Benedict of Nursia picked up on and then popularized. And St. John Cassian is known for his, his two works. One is called The Conferences because he went around and all the monks that he met, he conferred with them. And he had conversations and he wrote down the things that he learned. He was like a, a bee buzzing from flower to flower, picking up the nectar and bringing it back to the hive. He also wrote a book called The Institutes. And part of those, those institutes, he goes into the eight vices. The eight vices, and this can be found in the Philokalia. If you've been in the church for 10 years, I want you to start reading, reading this. If you haven't been in it, wait a little bit. the eight vices, and he talks about how to control the stomach. He says, stop eating when you're still a little bit hungry. That's more or less all of his, all of his uh, teaching about that can be boiled down. Stop eating when you're not quite full. And you can tell by my my corpulent shape and the very kind parishioners that are pouring food at my family. Thank you. On the demon of unchastity, the thoughts that haunt us, he talks about how to deal with this. On avarice, on greed, how to deal with this how to understand the, the mental tricks that are played on us. He talks about anger, how to heal that very important power of the soul. He talks about dejection, that kind of devilish version of repentance then listlessness, kind of boredom. The Greek word is akithia. It's the demon of noonday that lulls us all to sleep. And then he talks about vainglory and pride. Lord, help me in my struggle. Lord, give me disgust for sin and hunger and thirst for righteousness. Lord, give me a beautiful Lent. Lord, give me true repentance, a change of mind, a change of heart, a change of habits. Through the prayers of St. John Cassian, and of all the saints, O oh Lord, give us the repentance of the publican.
Give us the repentance of the prodigal. One more thought. I meant to say it earlier and I forgot. God is not angry with you. This paradigm, this overly literal reading of Scripture is wrong. God is not angry at you. We feel the heat of our deeds and we can experience it like God's anger. But He is love and He does not change. He's not angry at you and He's never been angry. To say that God changes, that God pulls Himself away from us, is like a blind man saying that there's no sun in the sky. Like the deaf saying that the birds are not singing. Like the cold-hearted person that says that my family doesn't love me. We don't have to try to change God. We have to change ourselves so we can draw near to Him. A priest in our archdiocese who just retired, Father Patrick Reardon, very, very wonderful author, he said that no one can outrun the love of God. And hell is full of those who died trying to do that. No one can get away from God's love. So let's humble ourselves. Let's have simple, simple thinking direct communication. Let's just apologize when we need to apologize. Let's speak up when we need to speak up. Let's let grace come forth from our mouths, from our fingertips. Amen. For more information about St. Philip Orthodox Church, Visit us online at st-philip.net.